All right. Uh, I'm ready. Okay. Let's do it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. It's a podcast about learning to appreciate artists who are misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. And I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. And here's... <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking uh, we're doing more of like a morning zoo type here's show. Stat- here's Statues by Regina Spector on the alternative radio. <laughs> That's the real deal, humming. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do, do our new Billy Joel one. We don't have a Billy Joel one yet. I just gave you one. I di- You did? Electric Baby. <laughs> oh, is that Electric Baby? That's Electric Baby. Play it. Electric Baby. There it is. Okay. There it is. I need to relabel it so it, <laughs> so it actually uh, says Billy Joel. Uh, this is a Billy Joel show where we Billy all the Joels and Joel all the Billies. Uh, specifically, the album Turnstiles. Turnstiles. Uh, his, his boringest album yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If only we were listening to uh, The Return of the Return of Bruno. Oh, God. I can't wait. Yeah. For that to inevitably happen, <laughs> <laughs> it will happen. <laughs> it, it simply will. must. Yeah, um, this is not a great album. He, he kind of seems like he does one, one and one. He's like one. I'll do one good one and one mediocre one, one not so good one. <laughs> yeah. Wait, which ones are you talking about? So well, far? the last one was pretty good, I thought, and then this one is like I eh. thought so too. Well, the last one was it was inconsistent, but overall like fairly good. And this one is just like meh. Um, which is funny because like one of his most famous songs is on this album. No, two of his most famous songs, "New York State of Mind" and "Miami 2017," seeing the lights go out on Broadway, are both like pretty famous songs. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I believe they are. Oh, just an update by the way. Uh, so there is, I think, outside the box set, genius account now mm-hmm. um or account on genius lyrics rap genius uh and uh some of our listeners have created accounts and are um and are upvoting the the last thing that i that i commented which was that the mexican connection by billy joel is a profoundly mexican song <laughs> i've got some votes on that by uh, by slayer fan slayer with an eight Slate your fan uh-huh, and uh-huh. Mushy Buster. So uh, yeah. thank you for that, everyone else who's listening. You know uh, that Slate your fan is that. me, right? Oh, that's you. That's me. Slate your fan. Remember, <laughs> that, we we did that when. Well, I did that when we were going through our Slayer uh, Slayer phase. Uh, very good. Yeah, with two ends, and your <laughs> yeah. your image is a baby silhouette. <laughs> that's that's because I think that's the default one for Genius, and I just never changed it. I was a second. Whatever. Baby genius. Well, baby, baby geniuses. Hmm. That's a podcast, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Aha. Conspiracy. Uh, what? Yeah. I don't know. Do you, there's a there's like a reggae song in this. <laughs> it is kind of a reggae song. <laughs> it's not great. It's not I mean, my actually, favorite. It it has some of the best lyrical moments. I think, if I remember right. I think that one does, but the the overall reggae-ness of it from Billy Joel is not great. No, it really isn't. Yeah, there's some nice moments in this album, but I don't know. It's just like, it doesn't really, it doesn't, it just doesn't really. It doesn't really. really. It just doesn't really. Um, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't, there was like no standout song for me, like, musically or lyrically really um yeah like there's there's a couple that are sort of interesting lyrically um a couple of that is because of not very like sort of negative reasons (laughs) negatively interesting negatively interesting yes well it's good for the show yeah um well do you want to let 
Oh, I actually had a little bit of uh, trivia before we get into the sound samples. Um, as long as it's trivial. It's trivial. It's so trivial. Uh, he first recorded these songs in Colorado with members of Elton John's band um, with so producer, certain producer. Uh, and he was dissatisfied with the results. So he produced it himself, Billy Joel did, and went to New York where he re-recorded the album in its entirety with his own touring band. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, apparently the album cover uh, has a bunch of people standing behind Billy Joel and they're supposedly meant to represent a particular song. Um, There's a girl wearing headphones uh, supposed to represent all you want to do is dance. There's a a old lady turtleneck over there. Little girl. Yep. Which one is that? Um, These songs are just so non-memorable. They really are. Yeah. It's clearly not angry young man. Maybe it's the Miami 2017 seen the lights go down on Broadway because it's an old person talking to a young person and maybe those weird turtlenecks are supposed to be futuristic clothes. Oh gosh. <laughs> um You know how we all we all wore uh, royal blue turtlenecks with white collars in 2017? Remember that fashion trend? Oh yeah. <laughs> future fashion um there is like a in the in the background there is a a black man with a handlebar mustache and i think an afro Um, and an orange turtleneck yeah and an orange turtleneck who's that supposed to be oh i don't know it seems like a fraught topic fraught topic (laughs) 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 uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> still recovering from that yeah mm. <laughs> oh i found yeah, a higher res version of everything here. yeah look um, at that. well i i will include a link oh my god why did billy joel looks like um tim curry in pancake makeup and he's got like a tim burton striped tie on so he's uh he's way before his time because this came out in 1976 yeah, it's just very Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. No, oh no, you said it three times. Um, and then here comes that hilarious Beetlejuice impression that uh-huh. you do. That Come I, on. Hang on, you can't. S- <laughs> You're the one who said it three times. If anything, he'd appear to you, then. and we'd hear it on your microphone. No, okay. Um, I, I forgot what his voice. I've only ever seen that movie once. I forget how his voice goes. Isn't that kind of something like like this? With a lot of manic energy? Yeah, it's pretty good. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm very committed to it. <laughs> committed to it. All right, let's talk about the songs. Yeah. Let's, let's say goodbye to Hollywood. Okay. Bye-bye, Hollywood. Oh boy, this is uh, not much of a song. It's profoundly boring. It's very profoundly boring. He he basically just says he just describes what he's doing. He says say goodbye to Hollywood, and that's basically all he does. Um, he kind of has like gestures towards narrative, but he just has like a bunch of abstracted dudes he's like bobby's driving through the city tonight through the lights in a hot new rent-a-car he joins the lover in his heavy machine it's a scene down on sunset boulevard that's the whole first verse yeah i I mean mean, i guess that would be that would be effective if i liked if i liked it (laughs) if i liked hollywood or if i liked those images if i felt something about them (laughs) if they evoked like any kind of romanticism about hollywood or anything and yeah, which I, I don't have. Me so. either. I yeah. mean, Hollywood's fine. WeHo's better. Which one's that? West Hollywood. It's okay. gayer, so it's better. Oh, well, that sounds fact. <laughs> well, yes, I guess. <laughs> uh, second verse, Johnny's taking care of things for a while, and his style is so right for the troubadours. We got him sitting with his back to the door. Now he won't be my fast gun anymore. It kind of seems like he's trying to write a Bob Dylan verse 
which is to say uh bad bad, <laughs> bad like kind of imagistic uh lyrics that don't make any sense sure would you say a poetic bluff oh actually cameron uh he might and by he i mean bob dylan might be the poster child for poetic bluffs Okay, well, there's a lot of genius annotations in that lyric. Do you, should we break them down? Uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, there are some theories about who Johnny is. He was Billy Joel's agent in L.A. and would help him get gigs. Now that Billy's gone, Johnny has his back to the door, unsuccessfully trying to get gigs for other performers. Um, here's another idea. Johnny may be a bouncer for the executive room yeah. in a bar near Wilshire in Western Los Angeles which has since been replaced by an office building. I am so bored of these theories because I, because they're all so boring and the lyric is so boring. That's right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Who cares? Um, Cameron, did you know that moving on is a chance that you take every time you try to stay together? I, uh, I didn't know that. And I can't say that I know that now. I still don't know it, and I never <laughs> I will. I still don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to know it. Um, oh, apparently Bette Midler covered this song. I bet her version's better. Get Bette, His voice Bette, is kind of weird in this Bette. album, isn't it? Uh, is it? It's like, de- Bette Midler would be a better singer. Yeah. I feel like he's, he can't decide how he wants to sing. Hmm. More like Betta Midler. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is like that. It took me a minute, but yes, it is like that. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, and then uh, verse three is the most vague of them all. So many faces in and out of my life. Some will last. Some will just be now and then. Life is a series of hellos and goodbyes. I'm afraid it's time for goodbye again. Mm. I mean, I guess you can't really disagree with that. Mostly because he's not really saying anything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? I disagree. <laughs> I disagree that life is a series of hellos and goodbyes. Yeah. Sometimes there's an, oh, you're still here? <laughs> uh, uh, well, yeah. I yeah, I have very little to say about the song. It's a real boring start to this, real boring. To this album. Yeah. Uh, speaking uh, of boring starts. duet in the next song. Uh, yeah. Summerland, or so, sorry, Summer, comma, Highland Falls. And sympathize For we are always what our situations hand us And see the sadness or euphoria Yeah Let's just boldly like name emotions <laughs> Instead of uh, depict them through storytelling Yeah uh, There's a lot of There's a lot of language in this that's just very like discursive like uh inhumanity insanity yes um, what a good rhyme compromise experience sympathize situations it's yeah. all just like very non-specific and though we choose between reality and madness it's either sadness or euphoria i dare you to tell me what that means in fact i'm gonna i'm gonna start that annotation i'm just gonna say I dare someone to try to tell me what that what this means. <laughs> hey, that gave me uh, five IQ plus five IQ points. So now yeah, I'm, right. I'm only at twenty one IQ. So I'm only a complete idiot still. <laughs> oh boy! Mm. How thoughtlessly we dissipate our energies. Oh, yeah. You know, I really relate to that because it is so general. It could literally be about anything. (laughs) Maybe he's talking about masturbation. (laughs) Self-abuse, the Victorians called it. Oh, God. Um, I mean, I have to dissipate my energies about, (laughs) like, I don't know, at least once every other day. Yeah. Or it gets kind of built up. Yeah, the energies. <laughs> the, the energies. Yeah, and I can't think about it. There's um, there's some like points where it almost seems like he's gonna start talking about something, uh, which is <laughs> like where he threatens to to actually write a song uh, about something. Um, 
like in the next line of that of that last uh, verse, he says, "How thoughtlessly we dissipate our energies. Perhaps we don't fulfill each other's fantasies." That's something. That's a song. Write the song about that. I mean, and I, he, then and, there's my favorite kind of metaphor, and as we stand upon the ledges of our lives. Oh yes, I think he means the days of our lives. Yeah, like through the hourglass. Yeah, exactly. Um, like in in the first verse, he hey, says, "Hey, here's hmm? here's something. Is anyone listening going to get that reference? I don't know what our demographics are of like listenership. Yeah, I mean, why do we know that reference? Isn't my, that like because my mom w- w- watched a fair amount of daytime shows? Really? I think yeah. I've only ever seen it referenced in other places, like Simpsons or whatever. You know. Yeah. That thing where I you like learn like about something through parody. Thing. Yeah. I learned about a lot of stuff things. Yeah. Okay. Uh do you want to move on to the next song? Oh well let's listen to the, oh, the sax duet. Sex There's some du- good sax Sex duet. There's some good sax messages in this. <laughs> well, There's this uh, there's this video that's been going around in the pandemic times of um, uh, it's a bunch of bluegrass musicians, including Ed Helms, playing Billy in the Low Ground, um, just like a classic really? uh, fiddle tune. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about halfway through, it's kind of a long video, and about halfway through the video, Kenny G just shows up and just starts like <laughs> ripping Billy in the Low Ground. What the fuck? Like it's kind of great. Oh shit! <laughs> like, I want to watch that. <laughs> it's a, it's a good reveal, and he's a very good musician. And when he's playing a good melody, like a like a cool fiddle tune melody or something, it's like kind of fun. And then he does a bunch of trading and stuff. Like I don't know. I think Kitty's kind of great. That sounds fucking great. I'm gonna check that out, bruh. It's gonna be in the wearing links, but I'm sure you can find it before then. <laughs> nope, I can't do it. Can't be done. Uh yeah. Do you want to move Helms on? Is like a, I don't know. He's a fine banjo player, but he's not like he's he's, he's no the, Steve Martin of actors well, who have become banjo players. He's no Steve Martin. Let me tell you. Yeah, I mean Steve Martin's probably better because he's actually a touring musician. Right. Yeah. No. I'm just, I'm he just like mostly actively like writes Broadway shows, but yeah, still like he's not like a. You're not. Wait, Steve Martin writes Broadway shows. Yeah, dude. He's written like two. I've had friends in them. Really. Yeah. Oh, is uh, uh, Bright is, Star was hmm. one of them? I think there was another one. It was a one based on Shop Girl. I don't know about that. Yeah, that was like a book, and then it was a movie and stuff. Seemed like he was adapting it to all kinds of things. Um, uh, no, he he collaborates with uh, Edie Brickell. Brickle. I don't know. Oh, that na- that name sounds extremely familiar. Why is that? You know, uh, I think she's somehow collaborated. Wait maybe musically or personally with Paul Simon, maybe at some point. And maybe like, not that she, she's married like to Paul Simon. I know she still is. Apparently that's what yeah. it says. I hate to say like, she's important because of how she's like associated with another, like more famous man. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is very famous. So that's and true. She's, uh, less famous. So I don't know what to do with that. Oh, Oh, maybe, okay. She's you she has her own how career. Have I heard of her? Oh, she absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. So back to the eighties, she had a, a band called Edie Brickell and New Bohemians. I think I might have heard of that band. That's probably where I've heard her name before. Maybe we should cover Edie Brickell. Maybe she yeah. might be uh, dismissed or unrecognized. Yeah. She has an album called Stranger Things. Let's go to the Upside Down, Cameron. <laughs> I vaguely understand that reference, but I've never watched that show. The first season's pre- pretty good, and That's then and then it's you know it keeps going. Well, the, the show well, certainly keeps I, going after that. All I all I want to do is dance. All you want to do is dance. So 
so this um this song makes me think of american pie by don mclean why is that uh well i was about to explain i wasn't just gonna move on to a new topic i was about to I'm just expand being an on that vocal listener <laughs> oh thank you call and response baby um what if you're just like give me five dollars <laughs> information <laughs> extortion <laughs> my uh, my opinion is totally worth five dollars um <sighs> There's a. I would have started saying, "Wow, that's a real five dollar opinion right there." <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's a hilarious thing to say because it's like such a specific amount of money that's like, like way too low to actually be complimentary, but like just high enough to be extremely confusing. <laughs> <laughs> You're not like, oh, that's a you know ten cent opinion. It's like five dollars. Yeah, opinions are rated at you know. I mean, they're. They cost zero dollars. It's true. Or two so cents. It is, ha, 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 it get it? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said a smart thing. It's not really a joke. And it's... I don't I don't know what that was, but it was something. I think it's worth $5, Cameron. It, it, certainly, it certainly was. It was extant. <laughs> yeah. It certainly existed. Um, yeah, this song reminds me of American Pie by Don McLean because oh, right. um, there's a lot of lore surrounding that song um, and what the various verses like mean. And a lot of them, if I recall, are kind of like one-to-one imagistic substitutions. Um, but there is, there is a part in the song where I forget if this is couched in metaphor or not, but he is talking about how... Um, rock and roll had started out as this like upbeat sort of dancey music, uh, that was designed to like get people to move. And then it sort of like went from there into this, like, uh, more cerebral self-consciously artistic music that you would listen to alone with headphones, like typified by some of the Beatles output. Um, and this is kind of the opposite of that where he's like, uh, he's talking about music and this person that he's addressing, all they want to do is dance. Yes. I'm going to see if I can pull up the specific part of American Pie. I like that this song has specifics, especially after like the first two songs. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, there are some lyrics. I mean, do you want to play the sound sample while you're looking up American Pie lyrics? Yeah. I like those I, I like those details. And you never messed around with dangerous drugs. You were all getting sick on beer. You didn't get any unless you went steady and made out for a year. Those are like very um very visceral, very sensory details. Uh mm-hmm. that I like I like the idea of this song being sort of about nostalgia, but nostalgia for very specific and not necessarily positive things. Or yeah. things. Yeah. I, I earlier agree. in that verse, uh, he sings, "Well, you wish you were back in the good old days when tomatoes were cheaper." I, I, I think that's a great detail. <laughs> that is a great detail. And you never heard the words of your favorite songs through a three-inch speaker. Yeah, I also don't know if that favorite. if that means that three inches is too small for him, or is like bigger than he, or is like typifies bigger. You know, I would imagine. I don't want to get into this. <laughs> well, I mean. I, I, you know, uh, three inches is, is actually above average Cameron. So (laughs) (laughs) three inches, which direction, (laughs) what are we talking about? Um, Yeah. Um, I think cause like if you had like a pocket transistor radio, if you were like a dumb, poor teenager back in the day, you had like a pocket transistor radio. That's not going to have a three inch speaker. I think he, he. I think like home theater systems are going to be the ones that have a three inch. I mean, if you're count, if you're like talking about like cone size, at least. Mm. I don't know if that's how they're. I think that's how speakers are measured by like the cone size. You know what? So I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a, a Google image search for three incher and see what I come up with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that! Someone's uh, someone's measuring an eraser. 
Oh wait, that's not an erase. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got real pig pearl down there. Um, so, do you think that this is a reggae song? Kind of that this is sort of a vaguely appropriative reggae song because he kind of sings some things in a way that maybe he shouldn't. Cameron, I'm going to say something that is is uh, is very mean, but it probably lets him off the hook too much. He doesn't succeed well enough to appropriate anything. Okay. <laughs> he's too incompetent to. No, it's, he definitely is trying to appropriate reggae, which is that's the that's the worst part of. It's it's not the actual succeeding that makes it bad. It's trying to just like straight up steal someone else's culture. That's the bad part, and that is definitely what he's doing or trying to do. Yuck. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it ends up having sort of more of like a Jimmy Buffett, like sort of island, like white island, <laughs> like yeah. kind of vibe. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I feel like I should be eating cheap shrimp while listening to this. Mm-hmm. I'm on island. Don't bother me. I'm on island time. <laughs> uh, should we should we move on to James? You're gonna skip New York State of Mind. Oh, I forgot. One of his most famous songs ever in the world. Well, I guess we should talk about that. I guess we can talk about it. Yeah, let's do that. We have more of the sex music. Uh, I like it. <laughs> I like sax. <laughs> I like the saxophone. I, I, well, it, it's very like, uh, Clarence Clemens. Um, yeah. Or, which is to say it reminds me of Clarence Clemens. Um, which, uh, I, I pronounce the word sax, uh, in a weird accent, which just reminds me of this bit I used to do with my friend Renata, who is of Polish and Russian heritage. We would do like an extremely broad, like Yakov Smirnov accent. And we would talk about jazz and we would be like, yes, I love it when he plays the jizz music. I just love when he plays the jizz flute. Uh, oh boy. It's a real Borat energy. I know, right? <laughs> uh, speaking of appropriating and whatnot. Yeah, lovely. Uh, is Clarence Clemens <laughs> the the saxophone player from? Uh, thank you, Becca. I, I believe I just received some. Oh, like a tea latte. Lovely tequila. Is, is that? Da na 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 na. Is that the E Street Band? Yeah, he's he's also player? he's the he's the coolest uh, coolest guy in the world. I think, right? Yeah. From did, Bill and Ted's. Did I? I heard that um, at the end of every live show, uh, Bruce Springsteen just like kisses him on the lips. Are you? Are, wait, are you thinking of a dream that you had? <laughs> no, I've heard that that's true. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna search it and maybe find some flash fiction here. Um, Bruce Springsteen. Um, oh, what Clarence. I, yeah. What, what I was thinking of yeah. is uh, Clarence Clemens plays one of the three most important people in the world in oh, Bill and Ted's yes. Excellent Adventure. Okay, I'm searching for this right now, and there there is just a lovely. What it's one of the best Google image searches that I've ever done. What What did you search for? I want to search for it too. Clarence Clemens, uh, Bruce Springsteen, Bruce open Springsteen. mouth, Frenching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, frottage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of different pictures of them kissing each other right. Hot damn. Holy shit. In the 80s. Oh, boy. Interracial same-sex kisses from the icon of masculinity himself, Bruce Springsteen. Holy shit. Whoa, there's one where Clarence Clemens is dipping him. Whoa. Lovely. This is hot. This is amazing. I mean, they're both extremely hot people. <laughs> Shit. Wow. I, I did not know this existed. Uh, yeah, I had, I had heard that once. I think I had heard it on um, the show Iconography. 
um, the podcast, and uh, I had just not looked into it, and there it is. Hot damn! Everyone, check this out. This, these, uh, these photos. I put it in the fuck. learning links, the Google search. <laughs> very, very nice. A plus, mm. but, but uh, five stars would do business again. Okay, um, what were we talking about? New York State of Mind. Oh yeah, New York State of Mind. Um, we should actually talk about what the song, about I guess. That? Uh, it's, it's all right. I, I like that. It's, it's very grounded. It has a lot of really good specifics. Um, it feels very placed in a specific trip that Billy Joel is taking on a Greyhound bus. Um, he says some folks like to get away, take a holiday from the neighborhood, hop a flight to Miami beach or to Hollywood, but I'm taking a Greyhound on the Hudson river line. I'm in a New York state of mind. Um, so I, I like all that. He has like good specific lyrics, but it's just it's extremely slow and it all of it has just like an extremely nostalgic treacly kind of approach that i don't like too much i um, mean it's sort of like a sinatra song yeah that's exactly York, right like it's yeah it's it's playing it's sort of manipulative it's just like playing on the uh on the nostalgia of the people listening who either have feelings for new york I don't know. I love being in New York. I love hanging out in New York. Um, I haven't done it in over a year, and I, I'm anxious to go back yeah. when it's safe. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, I these songs do nothing for me. <laughs> right, yeah. The, yeah, these like New York movies or New York, uh, New York songs, they're just like, isn't New York the best? I imagine it probably is more effective on people who grew up there, and probably a lot has to do with um people who have glimpsed like pre-gentrification new york uh sure, sure. because like new york has for the last at least the last decade or two has been rapidly turning into a place of extremely homogenous city blocks where there's a Dwayne reed on both corners and like a walgreens in the middle and like an applebee's <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's it's getting to the point where like only giant corporations and banks there's a lot of banks in there too like giant corporations are the only ones that can afford rent and so all the things that make a city interesting uh are being squeezed out yeah um but yeah uh cameron i i would hope you could explain to me what he's what he means in the bridge here uh, which is the least specific part of the song. He says, it was so easy living day by day, out of touch with the rhythm and blues, but now I need a little give and take. The New York Times, the Daily News. What is that meaning about? Oh, boy. Um, like, is he saying specifically that he's, like, coming from, like, Hollywood? Like, he mentions that earlier. So it's like, like maybe he's just saying easy living day by day, like sort of West coast, slow, yeah. slow, casual living. But he like wants to get stressed out in New York. <laughs> I guess. Is that what he means by the rhythm and blues? Yeah. Well, you can't just like, I think that's just set up to rhyme with the daily news. <laughs> I guess so. can, it, it kind of seems like he specifically wants to talk about rhythm and like the blues of daily life, but you can't just use that phrase when it specifically means as genre of music. You know, right? Uh, yeah, that'd be like you know, and I wanted to grab my lazy boy for the rock and roll. It's like, well, right. I, sort of. I guess you could. I mean, that could refer to like a rock and roll. Such a loaded genre title. Oh yeah, I mean, genre title. especially for a a white man to be singing about. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Um, there's there's this lovely video. Uh, on YouTube that I saw once uh, Billy Joel in concert. And for some reason he invites a young man on stage, like from the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're at least led to believe that he's never met this person before. And he comes up and he plays piano. Um, and he starts playing New York state of mind. And then Billy Joel just sings it. And it's mm. like, it's really sweet. I've heard a lot of stories about Billy Joel being like a total dick. Um, really? I really, I've heard that. Oh, um, that's too bad. I don't have any specifics. You know, just sort of being like, I don't know. Well, I mean, he's just, from Long Island. Just, yeah. Just Some like of those people can be a little that way. prickly sometimes. Yeah, he's like a prickly dude. But in this video, like, uh, I mean, he's not effusive. He's just like, why don't you play? And, uh, and then he sings with him. 
And uh, I don't know, it's just got kind of a sweet, like kind of viral video style. Like, mm. um, you'll ne- you know, this audience member comes and plays the piano for Billy Joel, and you'll never believe what, you know, <laughs> it's like a very yeah. quick clickbait kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know, I, I kind of enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. Um, so he moves back to New York because he misses the newspapers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can't get those anywhere else. You All can't right. get the New York Times in LA. I mean, maybe you couldn't in 1976, but I don't know if I believe that. Um, it comes down to reality and it's fine with me because I've let it slide. I don't care if it's Chinatown or on Riverside. I don't have any reasons I left them all behind. I'm in a New York state of mind. Yeah, the specificity definitely falls apart by the end there. Yep. Yes. All right. Uh, do you want to just keep keep it rolling to the next song, James? Yeah, there there are only eight songs in this. Yeah, we can probably cover them all if we yeah. want. We'll see. Yeah, I feel like some of them might be skippable. We'll see. Ever change? Will you ever write your masterpiece? Are you still in school? Living up to expectations, James. You upon so this, we've been kind of ragging on him for not being specific in some of his songs. This one, if anything, feels too specific. Yeah. There's not much song here. It's mostly just, it's like overhearing someone write a letter to someone. Yeah, a boring letter. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's meaningful yeah. for this James bloke, but I don't know. James, yeah, we were I'm always into, friends. I'm into the idea. Yeah, I mean, but it's not executed in a very good way. Yeah, it could. It could be, you know, an interesting idea for a song. James, we were always friends from our childhood days, and we made our plans, and we had to go our separate ways. I went on the road. You pursued an education. So, uh, yeah, that's extremely prosaic writing. Uh, don't really know like what to do with that. It's just like pretty, pretty, uh, flat. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's, yep. I have no response. Although I did just, uh, add a little annotation. Do you want to, do you want to read that new annotation? Ooh, ooh, I do. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. I have to refresh the page. <laughs> Thank God for the apostrophe. Yeah, on uh, the the genius annotator who wrote down the lyrics went ahead and wrote separate S E P apostrophe R A T E. Yes. <laughs> so thank God for the apostrophe. I'm going to try to at least do one of these per episode so everyone can follow along. Hell yeah, James. Do you like your life? Can you find release? And will you ever change? Will you ever write your masterpiece? I mean. I want him to write a song about will you ever write your masterpiece, but he doesn't. He has a bunch of rhetorical questions and has a bunch of irrelevant uh, narration. Yeah, it seems like he wants people to think about people in their lives who they haven't caught up with in a while. This is a very like pre-Facebook kind of song. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, what is he up to? Hmm, let me just sit here and wonder, because there's no way to surveil him. Hmm. I wonder if he's sold all of his data. (laughs) I wonder if if he's a victim of surveillance capitalism. Hmm. Uh, Are you still in school? Living up to expectations. James, you were so relied upon. Everybody knows how hard you tried. Oh, boy, those last two lines are clunkers. You were so relied upon. Passive voice does not say who relies on him for what. Everybody knows how hard you tried. (laughs) Just in general, people relied on him for stuff and things. Inspiring. Yep. Uh, Good things about the song. Uh, There's like a Rhodes or maybe a Wurlitzer intro. And I think think it's pretty great. I like how it sounds. Yeah. Cue that up. It's like the timbre of that yeah. instrument. Sounds nice. Um, also, fucking Doug Stegmeier, the bassist. I looked at his like 
uh, discography and genius, and he's seems like he's only ever played for Billy Joel. Uh, he's a fucking great bassist. Yeah, we've been commenting on his on his work uh, on previous albums, and uh, yeah, was he the bassist on bass playing? Is he the bassist on that one song where he said that the bass fucks? Uh, I I'm pretty sure. Oh, hell yeah! Uh, but I have another sound sample of just like a really tasteful little moment where the bass decides to shine, and, yeah. and it's good. Here we go. Do what's good for you. You're not good for anybody. Ooh, that's a real Jaco Pastorius lick. Yeah, this is a little tasty, tasty moment. It yeah. sounds like he's using flat wound strings on a fretless bass. It kind of does, uh, doesn't it? Yeah. And like pretty high up on the neck. Yeah. Love to hear that. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the other thing that sucks about the song is it's it's like unsolicited advice. Uh, how you gonna know for sure? Uh, hey, oh, now everyone is so secure and everyone else is satisfied. Do you like your life? Can you find release? Will you ever change? Do what's good for you or you're no good for anybody. Oh, boy. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of like a shitty, like, if someone, every once in a while, people reach out to me um, uh, from my past life and usually they're nice but every once in a while someone's just like do what's hey, good for you have, or you're not good for anybody yeah i have criticisms for you and it's just like fuck you dude <laughs> i'm not trying to hear that yeah that's crazy um yeah you want to move on to uh prelude slash angry young man uh yes here we go There's a place in the world for the angry young man With his working class ties and his radical plans He refuses to bend, he refuses to crawl And he's always at home with his back to the wall And he's proud of his scars and the battle he's lost And he's perfect to me because he hangs on his cross And he likes to be known as the angry young man there is a place in the world for the angry young man with his working class ties and his radical plans. He refuses to bend. He refuses to crawl. He's always at home with his back to the wall and he's proud of his scars and the battles he's lost and he struggles and bleeds as he hangs on the cross and he likes to be known as the angry young man. I don't the, like these caricature songs. No, I don't either. They, it's like a, it's this, it's a pretty, it's a pretty bitter caricature of a young person who is trying to make the world a better place. And yeah, and, are, he, and he likes to be known as the angry young man. Yeah, I mean, I so. there are criticisms to be made of some of these people, um, especially like in the hippie era. Um, sure, there are criticisms to be made, but it's not these criticisms. Um, yeah, these are all sort of like human, like <laughs> like he's criticizing him for like very humanist reasons, you know, like yeah. Uh, that he's angry, that he struggles and bleeds, you know, and he's lost battle. You know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's like, well, he sounds just like a person. <laughs> yeah. And Billy Joel, like, really tips his hand with his, like, patronizing centrism in this, uh, the third. Yeah. I don't, it must be a bridge. I don't think it's a verse, but he says, I believe I've passed the age of consciousness and righteous rage and found that just surviving was a noble fight. I once believed in causes too. I had my pointless p- point of view and life went on no matter who is wrong or right. I mean, Man. that, that is like a pretty shitty attitude to have in 1976. It's extremely <laughs> shitty to have in 2020 when we have a bunch of fucking Nazis everywhere and white supremacists surrounding the federal government. It's like, yeah. you can't just like, you know, stand back with your arms crossed and this bemused look on your face. And it's like, yeah, no matter who's wrong or right, life goes on. It's like, no, it fucking doesn't. If like it, racist <laughs> cops fucking straight up murder someone, life does not go on. You cannot, you know, sit, <laughs> you cannot just like pass patronizing judgment on people who have righteous rage and consciousness it's it's what what is that like quote like if you're young and and uh churchill he says if if you're yeah, if you're young say, and you're say. not liberal you have no heart and if you're old and you are not conservative you have no brain yeah it's it's very much that like that it's like that attitude in this quote yeah yeah it's like uh this is 1976. Which is, which is, which I hate. Yeah. Some of the fucking coolest sucks. people that I know are like progressive old people. Yeah. 
this is like less than a less than a decade after the massive civil rights battles um it's less than a decade after the huge uh, unrest of 1968 uh after malcolm x and uh mlk were assassinated and he has the gall to be like yeah i used to believe in causes but now i see that uh life just kind of goes on no matter like what opinion you have it's like it's it's yeah it's just like this fake centrist yeah extremely privileged like white perspective of like you can't we all just get along when it comes down to it we're all americans you know and we have our differences but in the end we come together and unite as a country it's like no we fucking we really fucking don't yeah he says he says even in the second line um he says there's a place in the world for the angry young man with his working class ties and his radical plans yeah like i feel like there's some absolute uh classism there as well well i mean that it could it could be him trying to make a criticism of sort of the the trustafarian phenomenon of the uh of the rich kids um sort of putting on poverty drag as a as a guest right. of uh guest of blank check podcast uh, every, uh episode i re- recently listened to put it i'm just like kind of putting on the costume of the working class especially considering like sure. a tie is not a very working class garment um so it's like you know when i <laughs> when i saw working class tie i thought he meant ties to the working class oh i was I thinking like a I necktie even of a garment um yeah i mean we're oh because it is plural his working class ties in his radical plans no you, you're probably right it's probably not like maybe a, it could be multiple ties yeah he I probably mean, he probably would have said one though you're he right probably would have kept it singular if you you're right yeah you're totally right yeah it's it's it would be a better lyric if it was what i was thinking of <laughs> and it would be a better criticism to make of a uh activist um though not necessarily like you know hypocrisy doesn't necessarily invalidate someone's opinion just because they don't like aren't perfect you know <laughs> uh, uh, well yep. there's a sense solo in this and i like that pretty well you want to yeah. play that yeah I like it. Yeah. It's cheesy, but fun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, There's one other thing that's musical. One other musical thing in this, in this album that I want to point out. I didn't take a sound sample of it, but I think it's towards the beginning. If you want to just start up the song, it's really hard to play quick repeated notes on a single key, uh, on a single piano key. Um, It's really hard. And it sounds like he's doing it. Um, with one hand. Sorry, what do you want me to so cue probably up? With, uh, the beginning of this song. It's in the prelude section of the song. Ah, yes. I uh, think I can and do I'll, that. I'll point it out when we get there. Oh, fuck. Why is Spotify not installed? I feel like half the times I go to open Spotify, it's like, says, time to install Spotify. It's like, what the fuck? I, I've had Spotify <laughs> installed for years. How come I keep having to install it? Uh, uh, it's all malware. I guess. Oops, all malware. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Ah, fuck. Spotify keeps committing suicide on my computer. <sighs> Still waiting for it to install. You can't just do it on a web. I guess. I guess I could. Yeah, I'll, I'll try that. Um, angry young man i think that's what i did last time actually i think i it was trying to make me reinstall spotify and i just went to youtube instead i fucking pay for spotify oh no they're gonna make me watch an ad verizon knows how to build unlimited right start with america's most uh now i have to sit here and wait for another six seconds okay let me know and i'll make this fucking dystopian nightmare we live in This is the worst of it, right? This here. is definitely the worst of it. Okay. You want just that that very beginning part? Yeah. Okay. Here, here is clean. Yeah. 
Yeah, that sounds incredibly difficult. In fact, I would say that yeah. it kind of sounds like like a programmed synth repeater, except it's not quite Ooh. perfect. I don't think it's quite perfect enough to be that. It sounds like he's right. literally doing it, which is that must take some serious like dexterity in your hand to like hit that key that hard or that sorry that fast. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, it's it, it's pretty tricky to to play quickly on one. Like, because you have to do, you have to treat the piano like a drum. Um, but having a drum stick on a drum is, is a very different sensation than using your finger to hit a key that's hitting a hammer. There's kind of just some more variables, and it's not as elegant of, of, a, of a way to strike the note. So um, I, all that is to say, it's really impressive. I think he's probably just... Um, alternating fingers um, and it, he has he probably has some sort of wrist and arm motion that can kind of roll it while he switches his fingers mm-hmm. um, and like uses gravity um, the best piano players are in, instead of pushing down they are using the natural um, the natural weight of, uh, of their hands and gravity to, to fall on the keys mm-hmm. like uh, I mean, I think any percussive instrument, it's, it's, it's kind of more like that. And if you're pushing, you're going to actually slow yourself down. So the tricky part is um, being able to play that fast. You have to um, do a fair amount of throwing and bouncing, but it's not like slamming down, even mm. though it sounds like incredibly um, percussive the way he's playing. And you know, and you know that he's that he's doing it with one hand because of all that the the big chords in the in the in the right hand uh, ding dong ding dong that are jumping around mm-hmm. so uh yeah pretty cool stuff that's awesome in an otherwise annoying track yep yeah i i actually like because this is kind of two songs there's one called prelude and there's one called angry young man and prelude uh is much better than the angry young man <laughs> Yeah, and it's just the instrumental. I do feel like Billy Joel's instrumental stuff is is a bit Manhattan transfery. Uh yeah, that's actually a great point. <laughs> a bit, a lot Manhattan transfery. Yep, 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 yep. yep. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, I can probably do one more song, and then uh, we can, let's choose. And uh, then, and then it's got to be Miami twenty seventeen, right? All right, let's do that. The other one is called "I've Loved These Days," and it's an extremely bland song about. Uh, hedonistic hollywood so mm, instead let's talk about a post-apocalyptic fantasy set three years in the past yes see the lights go out on Broadway. So this song is enormously ironic for a couple different reasons. Um, to set the stage, this was recorded in 1976. Uh, around this time, New York City was going bankrupt. Um, a lot of it having to do with uh, sort of the opposite of gentrification, white flight to the suburbs and uh, the gutting of the government and the tax base. Um, and so the city was going Uh, bankrupt the republican president gerald ford refused to bail them out or like loan them any money or anything uh so it was reaching a crisis and so billy joel imagines this future year of 2017 in which an old person is speaking to a young person and talking about how they uh blew up new york and sank manhattan into the sea and then all moved down to miami Uh, which is and I think the most ironic part is the idea that someone would move to Miami after a post-apocalyptic event, considering that's going to be like the first city that's going to be underwater. Yeah. <laughs> like it's already, you know, almost underwater. The short term solution. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, uh, people weren't, uh, climate change was not as, uh, as, as known back then. Although people definitely had seen the warning signs already yes um and then did nothing and made it worse so that's great um so yeah this imagines the future of uh 2017 which at that time was what 31 years in the future no wait 41 years in the future who's to say how math works it's 41 
Um, and so it has a bunch of details. I've seen the lights go out on Broadway. I saw the Empire State lay low and life went on beyond Palisades. They all bought Cadillacs and left there long ago. By Empire State lay low, I think he means the building, Empire State building, but it it has always struck me as extremely fucked up and something that nobody talks about, the fact that New York is referred to as the Empire State. Oh, yeah. Like, what the fuck, you guys? Um, uh, yeah, that's... Uh an unfortunate <laughs> an unfortunate moniker yes um he doesn't like the bronx they sent a carrier out from norfolk and picked the yankees up for free they said that queens could stay they blew the bronx away and sank manhattan out at sea which is <laughs> is weird considering like queens is on an island manhattan is an island and the bronx is part of the mainland so if you're going to be cost effective about sinking things into the sea, it seems like you'd sink the islands, right? Not part of the mainland. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, it's the only part of New York City, actually, that is the mainland, is, on, uh, is the Bronx. Uh, you know those lights were bright on Broadway, but that was so many years ago, before we all lived here in Florida, before the mafia took over Mexico. There are not so many who remember. They say a handful still survive to tell the world about the way the lights went out and keep the memory alive. And for some reason, this became like a weird New York anthem after 9-11 for some reason. Oh, weird. I guess because it mentions New York. (laughs) They literally talk about blowing up New York. Like, that's probably the last thing. Spreading the news. I want to destroy a part of it, New York. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, I think I have to get going, make some dinner for my family. Yeah. Uh, should we say goodbye to Hollywood? Should we <laughs> say goodbye to turnstiles? Yes. I don't oh, think God. turnstiles ever show up like the object of a turnstile. I don't think it ever shows up, right? No, he never, he never talks about subways in any capacity. Yeah, it's sort of the opposite of um, Chekhov's gun. It's the, the Billy Joel's turnstile. Yeah, it's true. Although, if you were to take it as a symbol, it would be one of the many ways to distinguish uh, L.A. from New York. Is that at that time, L.A. had tur- or New York had turnstiles, and I don't think L.A. had any because I don't think they had built their subway yet. Gotcha. Anyway, well, now it all makes sense. Now it all makes, and now it's good. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Well, n- we'll be back next week with the stranger from 1977. Um, it's got some. It's got scenes from an Italian like restaurant. Fanfic? What's that? I said it is like Camus fanfic. Ah, I get it. And after that is the plague. Hmm. Oh no. Ah. <laughs> <Not> here. <laughs> um, Maybe we should do that one later. Yeah. So we'll be back next week with that. In the, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, in the meantime, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Uh, you can go on right to iTunes, write us a review. That would be very good for us. Uh, also, spreading the show to your friends, family, uh, anyone who will listen to you on you know anywhere on the street, online, uh, scream it from the rooftops, uh, put up signs all in the windows of your cars and houses. Uh, spread the word about the show. Just let everyone know about it that there's this great yeah. podcast that everyone will like In with no exceptions. Exactly. Yeah. Just really cram it down their throats. Um, and if you want to support us even more directly, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. Help us continue making the show and you'll get access to all of our bonus content, which at this point is primarily our weekly mini show called what's in the box weekly. And today we talked about the HBO original, uh, limited series Watchmen. Yes, we've talked about it before, but this time we had a full-on spoiler chat because I finally caught up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely little chat about the Watchmen. The Watchmen, and about how we watches the Watchmen. We watched Watchmen. the Watchmen, watched so it. you don't have to, yeah. but you will because you should because it's spoilers. Um, you can also join the Discord. You can also listen to Cameron's other podcast called Get Up in the Cool, which is about and is acoustic music's mostly old-time Appalachian fiddle and banjo music. Uh, and yeah, if that go, sounds go weird listen. to you, give it a shot. <laughs> there are some people, they hear the word banjo and their brain instantly shuts off and they think deliverance and overalls, but it's, it's not like that. I promise there's hardly yeah. any deliverance, lots of overalls. 
Let's <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just joshing. Uh, so we'll be back next week with a stranger. And overall, the mean- it's mostly overall. <laughs> it's, <laughs> overall, people wear a lot of coveralls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. (laughs) Until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt, and I'm going to grab my lazy boy for the rock and roll. I have a camera to it, and I'm an electric baby. Oh shit! Billy Joel's next album is his top selling. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. All right, I gotta run. Okay, uh, run. Don't walk. Make food. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye.